Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. train pulls into the station jesus on the cross raising the roof binoculars regular binoculars silly cabbage patch and a stab hurry hurry shimmy to the right while you wonder if the oven's on take your wedding ring off you are divorced bugs money dressing up as a lady you've got a wide brimmed hat Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, March 30th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling this morning with my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Lee <laughs> And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello! There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Please like and comment, subscribe, share the show with your friends. Uh, TK and I planning on going live a little later tonight for a new Top Shot Hot Boys. Maybe rip a pack, maybe do a fun top ten list when it comes to Top Shot. Maybe talk about Michael Jordan. Oh! Oh, Michael Jordan and Will Smith? (laughs) Top Shot is back? Oh my goodness. I didn't know it had to come back already, but it feels like it is. I agree, I agree. So that's later tonight. So make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube so you know when we're going live. Email us your questions and your comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Hitting the beach tomorrow on Wednesday. So email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc or leave them in the YouTube comments if you're crazy like that. And finally, immaculate items available for sale over at nodunks.com. Yes. Go get your t-shirts and your hoodies and your coffee mugs and everything. And then once you buy one, tag us at No Dunks Inc. on Instagram or Twitter, and we will share it with the world to see. We got to update that uh, little scroll we've got there, JD, because we got the big beef shirts. Big beef. And we got the Top Shot Hot Boys shirts. Anyway, go check out nodunks.com. Okay, guys. We have some up-down fun later, the up-down report, but we had a bunch of games on. We won't get to all of them, so don't freak out, but... The first one we're starting with, and we'll just do our big takeaways. Applesauce, baby! Westbrook records a historic triple-double as the Wizards beat the Pacers last night. Uh, Trey, crazy stat line from Westbrook in this one. In a, in a victory, too. He took over late. Uh, what's your takeaway? Yeah, that was a fun game to watch. The Wizards got the Pacers to play their pace, and Indy couldn't keep up. They got lapped. Oh, no Beal for the Wizards. So we got vintage MVP Russell Westbrook, 35 points. You mentioned it, Skeets, 21 assists. <laughs> Saucing them last night, serving up those Fuji apples, plus 14 rebounds for Russell Westbrook. That's his 16th triple-double of the season. Already a record for the Washington Wizards all time? What were you doing, Wes Unsold? Where's your triple doubles? Anyways, Westbrook was money down the stretch as well. He was balling hard all night, so the confidence was at 100% in the last five minutes. He got a couple of layups, hit a couple of three-pointers. It honestly looked like the MVP season 
for Westbrook out yeah. there and an incredible win for the Wizards who since the Eastern Conference is very jammed together and none of these teams who are in basically five through ten are able to string together any wins. I said it was crazy that the Wizards were the Cinderella team that somebody picked while I was gone. Maybe it's not. They look all right right now. And, you know, as has been the case with Westbrook, it feels like as soon as you tailor your style to him and he kind of gets a little bit of chemistry alongside the team, same as what happened with Houston last year, the numbers, the efficiency, it all sort of seems to rise. It's just you got to play Westbrook's game. Last night, the Wizards did it. He looked great. Yeah, I had that Wizards as my crazy Cinderella team. Yeah, this idea that they could even get into the play-in tournament. And they're right there. They're like two games back or something like that. So it is possible. I saw Fred Katz on the boulevard. He tweeted this morning (laughs) that the Wizards have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the NBA, too. Uh, That was coming by way of uh, Tankathon. So... This is in play here, Lily, and it's wild. And yeah, that Westbrook stat, you know, not only just the Woe Boy, that's going to be in the running for Woe Boy of the Year, just the mm-hmm. pure numbers there. But Trey said it. It took Westbrook 38 games, 38 games to take the Wizards franchise lead in triple doubles. Now, I don't know what that says about Westbrook or the Wizards franchise, but that is unreal, that stat. And yeah, he's putting up a 30-10-20 in a victory. Again, they sort of needed all of this to beat the Pacers. Uh, It was a close game until the Wizards took over late. But what do you think? Yeah, well, they're still 11 games below 500, but that doesn't really matter. Last night was just a classic Westbrook game because he wasn't really stat stuffing either. He was just, no. you know, without Bradley Beal, he had to do more. And uh, and he needed they needed every single one of those possessions and, and those stats to get over the line against a tough Indiana team. And he hit the threes late. He's talking trash to the bench. I mean, it's just incredible that this guy can sometimes really cost his team games by trying to do too much. Whereas yeah. last night, he couldn't do enough. You know, he, he was just uh, playing such great basketball and starting the transition. And, you know, he just seemed to play better I mean uh, without having Beal there he just knew that he was the man he was going to have to do everything and he really relished that opportunity uh, and hit those threes late we know sometimes with Westbrook those are exactly the sort of shots that cost his team games Mm -hmm. but they didn't last night they won so it was it was a fun Westbrook experience last night and uh, yeah I mean to, to have the Wizards record already is 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 weird I mean I guess I mean maybe it's not so weird because You know, it's really been in the last five or six years where the triple-doubles have just become so prominent, especially for Russell Westbrook. So so maybe it's not that big a deal. But uh, fun. Just fun to watch. Fun. which is not always the case with the Wizards this season. And even with Westbrook at times, it's fr- he's frustrating. He drives you crazy because it's like, I wonder why he can't be more consistent with that sort of play. You know, will he even play tonight? He's in a back-to-back. He hasn't been playing except for when he played against the Rockets in a back-to-back this season. So maybe he will, maybe he won't. But... Uh, it's hard. It's hard to not watch a game like that and just think, man, this guy is going to the Hall of Fame. There's no no doubt in my oh, mind he's going to the Hall yeah. of Fame. But he's also one of the most frustrating players we've seen in the last few years because uh, it, it's you know he can put up these stat lines and his team can lose. But but last night it was like one of the most dominant single game performances by anyone. I mean, you talk about Wall Boy of the Year. What about Wall Boy of all time? Maybe. Nah, I mean, let's not go I mean, wow. It's, it's, wow. it's got to be, I mean, be up there, though. Westbrook himself has some of these type games uh, dating yeah. back again to the MVP season. Yeah, it, it's an unbelievable lie when you see it. I mean, he fills the box score. He even had a couple uh, you know, steals in there, threw a block in as well, hit some threes. threes. Yeah, yeah he's not great at the line. I think he was, uh, I don't know, maybe three or five off the top of my head. But yeah, hell of a game from him. Um, and I can't believe they're in a play-in race here. I just, I, it's, <laughs> 
it's amazing to me. You're right, 11 games back of 500, but there's so many teams bunched up there. And uh, we'll get to the Bulls and the Raptors are just ahead of them, too. Oh, so, Jesus. Uh, yeah, and both of those teams dropping brutal losses last yeah. night. Uh, yeah, so anyway, third. 30, 10, and 20 game ever recorded, apparently. The first since Magic back in uh, 88, I saw. I think the NBA was tweeting out. So applesauce is what we're calling 20-plus assists. I, I like you had the prop there, Trey. There have been a lot of like other suggestions for it, but for some reason it's so stupid I like it. Yeah, the uh, AS... Oh, sorry, I'm, my hands are mixed up here. The AS for the assist, the applesauce, <laughs> especially if the, the assists are like particularly fancy. You know, yeah. they're saucy. It took us about a year to actually crack the code on what rebound highlights would look like. So please send us your suggestions, Twitter, email, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is. How are we going to make these uh, into highlights? Because when you make uh, applesauce, all you do is like grind up the apples and, you know, it becomes a sauce. I think we're going to have to put a little bit more effort into this one. So let us know what it should be. Assist highlights. They're a little tastier than rebound highlights to yeah. begin with. So, I don't know. Maybe we need a little less seasoning. I don't know. Let us know. Okay. <laughs> did you, I was going to say, did you contemplate last night when we saw this line come through? Like, did you think about, mm, maybe I will hit the old, uh, you know, editing machine <laughs> hit fire? the sauce? Up. Yeah, hit the sauce uh, and put these together? Like, or did it not even cross your mind like it does with the big beef? Oh, 100% it crossed my oh, mind. Okay. I saw, I was watching the end of this game. I saw Westbrook get his 20th assist and I asked Laura immediately, do we have applesauce in the house? She's like, yeah. I mean, it's one of our kids' favorite foods, uh, eating applesauce nonstop. So I knew we had it around, but I didn't have it in me to figure out what it's actually going to be. Okay. I think Drew Gooden called it the Barbara Walters He game. did. He had a 2020 <laughs> yeah. at that point or something like that, which is really great. Good stuff there from Drew Gooden. I like that. Uh, yeah, he, he had like something like... I want to say it was like 19 assists with like nine minutes to go. Yeah, And like a small part of you is like... Is he going to beat Scott Skiles' record here, which is 30 assists in a game, like, it, which is still like mind-blowing? But it's like, that's in play with that it's much time left in a close game and maybe even goes to overtime or something like that. You know, obviously it, uh, it, it petered out a little bit. He's racking up those assists, but he was starting to score a bit more. But yeah, crazy stuff there from Westbrook. All right, let's keep it going here. The next game is the Heat snapping a six-game losing streak with the 98-88 win over the Knicks. Not a whole lot to say about this one. Lost in the shuffle on Monday's show, though, Lee, was the Knicks losing Mitchell Robinson. Sounds Mm. like for the year Mm. uh, with a a broken foot, right? He had had a broken hand, had come back, played a little bit, and now out with the broken foot. Maybe you saw that clip, too, of uh, basically Mike Breen breaking the news to Derrick Rose uh, after the game prior, not last night's game, but telling him, like, oh, yeah, Mitchell Robinson's probably out for the year with a broken foot and like Rose was like super emotional and like pretty shook up but anyway the Heat got a much needed win I thought Bam played really good uh and yeah someone I forget who it was was it Trey or you Lee that was saying you know it'd be nice a Knicks Heat first round series uh take us back to the 90s well here's a little prelude of it you know both teams uh (laughs) under 100 points it was ugly in the first half man it was really low scoring I was watching a lot of this one um, so I don't know. Are you still on board with that? I can't remember which one of you said that, but yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was ugly. But the Heat got a much need to win. I would like to see a first round series. I think these two teams are uh, are quite good. Uh, well, you know, I think the Heat are better than their record is right now. Uh, Bam almost got himself some big beef last night. Only mm-hmm. a couple of rebounds short there, but the Heat just needed this victory and didn't start off all that well. But they they grinded it out, which is a classic way 
uh, of the Heat getting those wins just to get back on track is make it ugly, make it a bit uh, dirty and grimy there, and they got it done. So, yeah, this one, uh, especially when you see following on from the Westbrook game, this one wasn't fun. You know, it, it, it just felt sort of... You know, dirty. Like you're just sort of watching it, and you're just like, it's not. There was no flow to it. That's no, what I'm saying. No, you know, no. like like Westbrook was in his rhythm, was in his groove. This one was more just like the heater. Like we're not losing seven in a row. We're going to get this win. Uh, you might not enjoy it, but this is how it's going to be. So you you know, but the big news is, of course, Mitchell Robinson. I think he's uh, a big loss for the uh, Knicks. I think he can be yeah. a fantastic player at both ends. Um, but they've missed him for you know, I think pretty much most of the season, and. Uh, now he's out, you know, for, for a lot. But the good news is, you know, if he can come back next season, I think the, the uh, Knicks have a real important piece of their team uh, and, and can really impact the game at both ends. Nerland's Noel has played actually pretty damn good this year, you know, getting a lot of those minutes because Mitchell Robinson has been out with the injury. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler, he sort of took over this one too. I thought was pretty cool. I don't know how much you saw this one, Trey. And they got some contributions. Like some of their shooters started hitting some shots too in their Duncan Robinson and their hero. But it's like just Jimmy was like, no, we got to get a victory here. And you're just like, it's always nice to be like Westbrook. It's nice to be reminded that Jimmy Butler on any given night looks like he can be like one of the best players in the league when he does that little takeover Jimmy Butler thing when he works hard and he beats the man, right? That's right. 19 points in the second half for Butler, four threes for Tyler Hero, four threes for Duncan Robinson, and that's kind of the special sauce for the Miami Heat. You need Jimmy to play well and you need your shooters to shoot well, which is pretty weird because you look at the full stats for the game, that's eight threes from Robinson and Tyler Hero. The Heat only went 10 of 34 from the from three-point line last night, but that was enough against the Knicks. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like with the Heat, is that for this whole season, it's going to be just enough offense uh, if they're going to be able to make a run at a top-four seed here, which I think is still certainly possible. You know, the Heat shot the ball really well down the stretch last year, and obviously in the bubble they were unconscious. So mm-hmm. we'll see. They've got shooters there, and they've got a guy in Jimmy who can find it. They just need Goran Dragic. To, to come along a little bit further and really put that pressure on the rim. He is an X-factor to, to me for, for this team. Our next game here, Steph Curry. He returned from the tailbone injury and all his butt jokes that he had been making. 32 points, had some beautiful highlights as the Warriors, unfortunately, Trey, beat your bulls. 116-102. This one did have a nice flow to it at times, though. It was a back-and-forth affair, but what's your takeaway? Well, Skeets, bad news. Yeah. The Bulls are not back. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I maybe, told Laura, well, maybe the no, funny part not, is the Bulls back, are man. back. The Bulls are back to being the bad Bulls. That's not the Bulls. Oh, that's, sorry. That's, that's the bad Bulls. Oh, uh, so, yes, the bad Bulls are back. <laughs> yeah. Dub Bulls are not back. I told Laura going into this one, if the Bulls lose this, I don't think they're going to be back anymore. And unfortunately for wow. Chicago, Steph Curry came back from his tailbone injury and honestly torched Chicago. <laughs> 32 for Steph, six threes. And he pretty much won this game by himself in the third quarter, scored 14 straight. And I was um, incensed about this because both Zach Levine and Nick Vucevic were off the court while Curry was catching fire. You finally got two All-Stars. We've got an MVP going off. Uh, and and the, the All-Stars were just sitting there watching. Yeah, um, yeah that was... That was not cool to me. Um, so, so the Bulls now have lost six of seven. They're three and eight since the All Star break. They're on a four game losing streak, and in those four games, the Bulls are shooting twenty eight for one hundred and twelve from three point. Wow, that's twenty five percent. The Bulls play zero defense, so the margin of error it's too slim for those kind of nights. Every single night, and last night was a microcosm. Six of twenty four from three. There's that twenty five percent number right there, and nineteen turnovers. 
You're not going to beat good teams if you can't shoot and you turn the ball over all the time. If you're looking for a silver lining, here it is. The offense looked better in game two (laughs) with Vooch. Some new post-up wrinkles, a couple of nice two-man game moments between him and Levine. And the other good part is that the rest of the East can't win either. The Raptors, Pacers, Celtics, Knicks, and Raptors all lost on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. The Bulls are going to have to actually win a game on this road trip. You can't come back until you've been away. But you can't just count on everybody losing the entire time. I mean, it's not it's not a shame to lose to Steph Curry and the Warriors when they're on fire. But when your offense is not able to play offense and you're an offense-only team, that's a disaster. Yeah, that's well, Which, well played. Uh, where's that win going to come from on this road trip too, TK? They're in Phoenix, then Utah, and then they go home to play Brooklyn. Jeez. Well, well, they beat the Suns in the 1993 finals. They beat the Jazz in the 1997 and 1998 finals. So I'm yeah. seeing two wins right there, Lee. Okay, well, listen, things happen in the NBA. Any team on any night can beat any other team. We know that. But after those three, you go back out on the road, but you got the Pacers, the Raptors, the Hawks, the Wolves. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know. All right, they're, they're, all right. It, it, I, th- I don't see a win in the next three games for the Bulls. But after that, Perhaps one or two. Perhaps okay. one or two. But uh, as you mentioned there, the other teams sort of in that bunch are not really making it harder for Chicago. They're almost kind of keeping the Bulls alive in it. And that's really what's going to have to be because the Bulls are uh, really facing an uphill battle in these uh, these next few games here. But, um, you know, the Warriors are a bit of a funny team as well. They, they've sort of had their moments, but obviously Steph just makes such a huge difference. And uh, he said he's not fully recovered from that uh, butt injury. Yeah. Uh, he had another so, tumble last night. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 Uh, like but I think, I think obviously the Warriors, you know, maybe they rushed him back a little just because they needed to get back on the on the board with a couple of wins here. So, you know, you do that when you're the Warriors because they don't, they're not trying to tank this season at all. They want to get into the playoffs and do some damage if they can. And they saw the uh, Bulls in town and uh, took advantage last night. I think it's crazy, too, that Curry is averaging 29 points per game, five boards, six assists. You know, his shooting numbers are Curry-like, 48 from the floor, 41 from three, you know, 93 at the line, whatever the heck it is. And here's a guy that's like, he's not even at the table, Lee. He really is not at the MVP table conversation. That's how great this league is right now. We have, like, he's like... I don't know. He's maybe in the restaurant, but he's not at the table. He just isn't. Yeah. And that, but I'm, I'm, this is not knocking Steph Curry. I'm just saying, my God, uh, what a league and, and the talent in this league where Curry, a two-time MVP, is like not even there. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not even in the picture there. He's not even behind Lee's white turtleneck. Um, so yeah, well, it's just, Giannis, it's just Giannis, crazy. Look, Giannis is a two-time MVP. He wasn't at the table. I think he's uh, pulled up a chair right now. So maybe there's time here for Steph. I think he's left his run a little bit too late. But uh, uh, yeah, it's possible. Uh, Dale yeah. brings up a good point. Curry is the chef. Uh, he's mm. making the pizza. <laughs> he's making the dinner. Okay, yeah, I like really that. I like very, that. very smart there, Dale. Um, but yeah, he was special. And Bulls, man, you got to switch up the defense a little bit, <laughs> giving him a little too much room to operate after the high pick. Like, holy crap, Lowry marketed. Uh, multiple times, just mm. you gotta get a little higher up there on the, uh, <laughs> on the pick action. Put some pressure on him, Jesus! But yeah, we need good. Lowry to lock down Steph Curry out well, there on the perimeter. I, I mean, get it, but that—that's the thing—is like you're not stopping Steph Curry. No. You got to play offense. Yeah. Uh, this team is gonna win games by outscoring opponents, and when you turn the ball over nearly 20 times and miss most of your three pointers. It doesn't add up. It just no. literally doesn't add up. You're not getting enough possessions, and you're not getting enough makes. Other than that, look good. Yeah, for sure. All right, next game, Zion Williamson scores 28. Ingram hits some clutch shots late. 
Pelicans beat Boston. 115-109. Celtics fans were back in the house, Lee, and they were booing the Celtics. <laughs> God, it's good to have NBA fans back in these arenas. Um, yeah. But what do you think? Well, a couple of little mini storylines out of this one. Evan Fournier made his debut for the uh, Celtics, went 0 for 10 uh, in 33 minutes. Not great. Luke Cornett, uh, another couple of threes for the big yeah, man. Buddy. Yep. Yeah, he hit a couple. No, Jalen Brown here for the Celtics. And the Celtics, this one looked like it was going to be a, a mini blowout with about four minutes to go. They're down yeah. 16. Then they went on a big 13-0 run, got themselves back into it before, as you mentioned, Brandon Ingram hit a, a step back that uh, basically put the game out of reach. But the big story, another incredible performance from Zion Williamson, particularly in the third uh, end of the third into the fourth quarter, just going inside the paint, just catching bodies left and right. I think uh, Zilla said this morning, uh, Zion had 11 field goals, no dunks, but every basket basically a layup or, you know, as good as a dunk without actually uh, jamming on guys. And it's, you know, the, the finishing and the touch around the rim is great, but it's that handle that he's got, which continues to impress me. Like, at times when defenders are there, he puts it behind his back, he gets inside, and, and he you know can pick the ball up cleanly and go up to the rim. And uh, I think that's what just makes him so difficult to match up on because he's on the perimeter at times, and then before you know it, he's at the rim. And uh, that's just something for a guy of his size, you know, of his bulk, that I think is uh, is going to be really tough as he you know matures even more uh, and just becomes like a bull. Because there's a couple of times there you see guys and there you know two or three guys around him and they really can't do anything to no. stop him and, and he can elevate and get up there and score. So uh, a good win here for the Pelicans. They nearly blew it. Uh, Cel- Notorious Celtics killer Eric Bledsoe hit a couple of threes late like he's always done in Boston before, <laughs> uh, which really uh, was important in the end for the Pelicans. But yeah, Stan Van Gundy, I mean, Shaq used to call him the master of panic because he, he claimed that he didn't know how to close out games. And we've seen a couple of times this season, the Pelicans have had good leads and kind of blown it at the end. They they hung on to this one. They yeah. managed to get the win, but uh, not convincing. I mean, remember in Portland only a couple of weeks ago when they were up 17 with only a few minutes to go and they lost that one. That was, of course, Damian Lillard going crazy for the 50 points. But uh, that's the one concern I have for the Pelicans. I think, uh, you know, they've got so many nice little pieces. Kira Lewis was very good last night. Uh, Josh Hart had another almost beef as well. He had 15 rebounds. Yeah. You know, they've got they've got the right pieces in place. Uh, you know, now it's just a matter of can these guys gel, get together, and actually become a real threat in the Western Conference. They're not that team yet, but I think uh, I think they've got the Dave Griffin's got some nice pieces together. It's just now how they uh, fit with each other going forward. Yeah, Brian Scalabrini was loving Zion Williamson <laughs> highlights last night. He was going crazy, fawning he- over him. Uh, there was a moment, a small stretch in this game. It was like, I'm talking like a 90-second stretch where I was like, oh, my God, is Luke Cornett the Zion Williamson stopper? <laughs> he was, like, giving him some trouble. Like, how to, you know, Zion was just missing a couple inside. The length was getting to him. And then, uh, no, it turned out that not to be the case. Uh, it was just uh, Zion. Miss- there was, like, you said two or three guys. There was one play leave. There was four Celtics. Yeah. I swear to God that basically bounced off of Zion. Yeah. And Zion, uh, I think he missed that shot, but it was like unreal. Uh, yeah. that there was that many bodies around him, but he still powered up through all of them and, and had a good look and it just rimmed out. But, uh, yeah. Brian Scalabrini is making Celtics fans forget about Tommy Heinsohn on the call there too. Just a couple of times, just like, oh, that is brutal. What yeah. is that call? He was right on one of them, but he was completely wrong on another one. Uh, but that's that was classic Tommy Heinsohn as well. Just like those uh, Celtics blinders he had on and mm. uh, that was all he saw. So, uh, but, but Scal, good i like the energy he brings to their broadcast he's uh he's a fun guy the worst uh non-call of last night i think happened in the women's game did it not in the uh 
was it Baylor UConn? Did you guys see that? Oh mm-hmm. my goodness! Go look it up. Uh, in a crazy game, I was sort of following it generally on Twitter, and then I saw the highlights. I don't know the woman's name, but she got she got hit. She got hit in the face on oh, like a I did say, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking no about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. unreal. Uh, anyway, yeah, Zion, 28, and uh, I think Griff took to Twitter last night too, pumping up his uh, boy Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. uh, saying, "You know, oh, where are all you guys saying you can't close games? Look at this, because he hit two shots actually <laughs> in this one." Also. A shacked in a fool, a whoopsie <laughs> of the year candidate in Marcus Smart. Did you see this one, Lee? Uh, the jump ball where he well, thought. Go ahead. Well, he only had 0.3 of a second though on the clock. Well, wasn't it? Yeah, but was that the case? I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Ah, <laughs> Just he chucked because I, I saw it going around, and I, as far as I knew, it was like he couldn't really do much more than just sort of. Uh, you know, kind of palm it towards the hoop. I right, thought that's right. what it was. But. Slapping it up, up yeah. there. Yeah. Um, well, it's up on House of Highlights if you want to go see it. And they're labeling it a shacked in there. I thought maybe there was a uh, misunderstanding with the clock itself and whether or not they were going to get more time. Go and check it. But I yeah. thought it was that was all it was. There was, mm. there was not enough time for him to do much more. Uh, back to that Warriors game, too. Draymond Green hitting the Curry 3 from the logo. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. All yep. right. Logo Green, Steph called him after oh, the game. Wow. Wonder uh, if it'll people, catch on. <laughs> people are saying it was 0.3 seconds left for the Pelicans. Yeah, okay. See, so that's oh, okay, what I thought. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. That makes like, sense. That everybody makes on the sense. Celtics yeah. was looking at him like, what the hell are you doing, man? Right, uh, right. He just uh, had a brain fart there. All right, the other games, I'll, I'll list, uh, I guess, what, like seven other games here. The Nets held on to beat the Wolves. A couple of rookies led the Pistons over the Raptors, 118-104. I'm so close to posting the in-memoriam photo of us where we're singing a sad song. Matteo's on the guitar, putting a dying <laughs> rose for the Raptors season. I mean, I know they're still in the race for the plan, but it's uh, it's getting very, very depressing uh, when, like, Hamadou Diallo and two rookies on the Pistons are basically kicking your ass. It's bad. Uh, Valentri- save it, save it, Lee, or uh, Skeetsy, save it for um, April 8th. We got the Bulls versus the Raptors. Oh, my that, God. Well, that yeah. might be a game versus the 13 and 14 seed at this point. Oh, oh so that's Get uh, into the play-in tournament. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> good point. Yeah. Yeah, what, what are uh, Undertaker matches called? Like a casket match. That's what it is. That's what it is. Who All right, I love that? it. Barry a casket Dunn, match. Season's over. Okay, Valanchunas had a season high, a uh, season best excuse me 30 points season high season best same thing uh as the grizz beat the rockets again you see john moran's dunk at the the buzzer oh my god goes between the legs get him in the dunk contest man uh the mavericks rolled past the thunder 127 106 fox and the four h's uh led the kings to their fifth straight victory they defeated the spurs 132 115 clippers hit 19 threes to beat the bucks 129-105 for their sixth win in a row. And finally, the Jazz also won their sixth game in a row, 114-75 over the Cavs. So three teams there on some winning streaks, Lee, in the Kings and the Clippers and the Jazz. Um, I thought Kurt Helen of NBC Sports was right on with the Clippers game. He says the Clippers beat the Bucks Monday night in the we don't care what you do in the regular season, let's see it in the playoffs <laughs> showdown. Not wrong with those both those teams, Milwaukee and L.A., but... LAC getting some help from their other guys is huge. Mm. Like Morris, Luke Kennard is coming around here, but we thought he could maybe give them. You know, Jackson had a good one, Terrence Mann. Um, so, you know, contribute uh, contributions there with, like, sometimes Kawhi not in the lineup, sometimes Paul George, like last night in the lineup. So, Clips playing, you know, sort of quietly well. None of it really matters, but here they yeah. are. 
Yeah, yeah uh, Paul George, a late scratch for yeah. this one too. So, yeah, um, Luke Kennard did come into that starting lineup and had another pretty uh, good effective scoring game. 21 points, 5 of 6 from downtown, 8 of 11 in total uh, shooting from the floor. So, uh, you know, we know that when they signed him in the offseason, they were hoping for this from him. We hadn't really seen it. We've seen now a couple of little flashes of it. So yeah. that's good for uh, for Ty Lue to have a little bit of depth there. Um yeah, not really much else to say. It was a fairly close game, this one, uh, but then the Clippers just pulled away late. Uh, the Bucks got off to a great start, but uh, the Clippers sort of uh, seemed to drop the hammer there when it really counted. And, um, you know, not much more regularly to say about that one. What? No, I rewatched this one this morning, and, uh, well, you know, it was a good first half, but then the uh, the Clippers kind of put the foot down there in the, yeah. in the, in the fourth quarter. It wasn't really much, so much the third quarter. It was more the fourth. Um, so the Bucks not missing anybody. Um you know, a little disappointing that they got blown out quite uh, quite so easily in the end. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was a little bit of the revenge factor as well because these two teams had a pretty close game in Milwaukee. I don't know when that was, a month ago, two months ago. I, don't know. I remember it was a Sunday afternoon tilt and right. uh, and the Bucks kind of just stretched it at the end. So maybe there was a bit of that. But uh, good performance from the Clippers. And yeah, that six-game win streak... One of the quieter win streaks we've had, certainly for a good <laughs> yeah. team. Yeah, I mean the Kings. No one cares at all. No, no exactly, cares. exactly. But that's great for the Clippers. Mentioned yeah. this earlier in the season. This is what you want. Don't you just don't want any attention? Let the Jazz have their you know forty point win last night. You expect that against the Cavs. Clippers just win these games. Be quiet about what you're doing. That's I think it's good too that it, again, like I said, it's not they're winning. They're winning all these games because of Kawhi going for forty or Paul right. George hitting eight threes. It's they're getting contributions from all of these other guys. They're going to have to help in a playoff series. So that that, it, that is really really good. As for the Jazz, I just wanted to point out about their winning streak because it's sort of like no one cares at this point too. We know they're a good team. Then they had a little cold spell, but now they're winning all these games again. Since the All-Star game, Donovan Mitchell is averaging 29.2 points per game, 50% shooting, 46 from three. I mean, he only played 25 minutes last night, but, uh, you know, fill up the box score in a dominant win. And Rudy Gobert is playing just as well maybe since the All-Star break. 18 and 17, he was flirting with the big beef. Two steals, four blocks. Um, I think he's sort of starting to run away with Defensive Player of the Year. Maybe a lot of people probably already had him running away with it. But the Jazz have built a three-and-a-half game lead for first place in the West um, standings uh, for the number one seed. That's pretty big because Mm -hmm. they're 35 and 11. There's only 26 games to go, if my math is right. I mean, you know, it's starting to get... It's by no means like the Suns, the Clippers, the Lakers, they could still in theory catch them, but I think it's becoming less and less likely, not only with the way the Jazz are playing, but, uh, you know, some of those teams like the Lakers had a spell there and stuff like that falling off a little bit because of injuries. But yeah, I think the Jazz are going to be our number one seed is what I'm getting at here, Trey. And, uh, you know, that's that's great. They want that, of course, as we've talked about. Again, depends where the Lakers and Clippers fall, but they would be loving only having to play one of them in a potential you know, path to the finals, right? No doubt about it. They've got an 11-game win streak this season and I think a nine-game win streak, and now they're working on a six. Who yeah. knows how high up that's going to get? It looks like they're going to be the number one overall seed, and let's see if that makes a difference for the Jazz being able to play um, at a home court that actually seems to have a little bit of a home court advantage. You know, they're at altitude. I think they have the most fans in the stands of any uh, of any NBA team, which huh. is a choice to make, but also something <laughs> that could uh, could have uh, could play out in the playoffs, right? That could actually matter, having a lot of fans in the stands yeah. there to be cheering for the Jazz. So, yeah, I mean, 
conditions are perfect for the Jazz to make a run at the very least at the Western Conference Finals, if not the NBA Finals. Um, Fox was named Player of the Week, Lee. We were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had another solid game. Holmes had a good game in the, in the Kings' victory over the Spurs. They have a, a second one against them coming up here. Um, but, yeah, Mitchell <laughs> and Fox, I think they're uh, both of those guys are going to be right there for player of the month honors uh in the western conference at least why are you laughing yeah well i mean they've won five in a row and there's still three games below 500 here it's okay. um, here they come you know that's the thing they've done this to us before where they've looked good and you think you know and beating the spurs is a very good victory like a convincing victory uh so that's great but what will happen now with the kings will they just go on one of those four game losing streak stinkers that you just go nah why did i even invest any sort of uh, hope into this team but mm-hmm. Yeah, Darren Fox. He's a he's a really good player. He can be a no. He can be a <laughs> That's really the really sight. I'm looking for. Nice. No, I mean like because it's so hard to judge him on the Kings team because they haven't had any success with him mm-hmm. there yet. But when you watch him at his best, it's like this guy is. I think uh, you know he's he's a he's a top point guard in this league. He hasn't yeah. made the All Star team yet, and I think again largely because he's on the Kings. Yeah, you know. Uh, it's not, it takes, it's not much different than Devin Booker. Exactly. That, that's, really so that's my point. And Devin yeah. Booker took a few years to sort of get into the all-star teams. He got there mm-hmm. and he's really starting to stand out. So, so when are we going to see now, you know, De'Aaron Fox, not just be like, okay, it's the Kings. Like, can he get them to a point where yeah. it's like, okay, they're in the sixth spot in there. Cause right now they're still only battling for the play in tournament. Yeah, yeah. That's nothing. You know, they need to sort of have some wins there. So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, He's a good player. Oh, there it is. No. Crazy, man. Crazy. <laughs> He's nuts. This guy's nuts, man. Let's get to the up-down report. Preparing your tumbies. It's the up-down report. down report guys first one it's been a hot topic here in the, the nba world it feels like over the last couple of days the buyout market it could play a significant role here maybe in determining the championship which has caused complaints from small market teams the system is flawed said a small market gm to howard beck of sports illustrated who had a great write-up on this you shouldn't be adding to your team this deep in a season without giving things up the Nets added Marcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. After those guys agreed to buyouts, we had Andre Drummond signing with the Lakers there on Sunday. Another quote here from that article, you're just helping the rich get richer from another anonymous small market GM. So the question is here, up or down on small markets concerns, their executives concerns about this buyout market. What do you think, Lee? I'm down on it. Um, listen, Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin are two veterans towards the end of their career who just want to go to a team that's uh, contending for a championship. And the rules allow them to do that. They, they gave back some money to their teams uh, and they now can go and sign with whoever they want. That's the rule. Andre Drummond, a younger player, he's also been on uh, uh, you know bad teams for most of his career. He goes to a team where he's going to be in the playoffs for sure and, and likely contending for a championship. Uh, the rules allow him to do that. So unless there's some, these uh, the executives have come up with a way that's a, a, a fair way for these teams to have to give up something, then um, I'm, I'm really not sure what they're complaining about because the Lakers haven't been a glamorous team for the entirety of their last 10 seasons. You know, I mean, they haven't made the playoffs for a couple of years there. So Andre Drummond wouldn't have been signing there like three or four years ago when they were a bad team. They, they, they go into teams where they want to uh, win championships. And right. same with... The Brooklyn Nets, you know, before 
Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving came along. They were a team that made the playoffs, but no one's going to sign with the Brooklyn Nets, you know, three or four years ago. But now they've got the, the, those players there, so they're more attractive to free agents. So I, I'm not sure unless you just change the rules completely and say, right, well, if you're top four seed, you're not allowed to sign, you know, guys. <laughs> right. you, know, you know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, unless you just make it so that you prevent those teams from being able to sign free agents, I'm not really sure how you change the system uh, outside of just drastically making it difficult or saying, okay, you have to, because uh, the waiver wire exists so that if you pick up a guy, you have to pay a salary, but that's why they clear waivers because nobody wants to pay these guys the remaining salary. Mm-hmm. So, okay, change that rule. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it's more just like these smaller market teams complaining because they see everyone joining the nets. But again, it's LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin too. You know, very good players in their prime, but they're not in their primes anymore. Their 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 insurance gaps, uh, really, for the Nets at this point of the season, they're not there. They're not going to dominate. Well, Kevin Durant's on the team. That's all you should be worried about if you're uh, facing the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, of course, James Harden and Kyrie Irving, but Kevin Durant on that team makes them a championship contender, whether or not Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin are there. So, it sounds to me a little bit more just like, um, you know, the small teams are complaining, but unless you come up with a solution that's workable, I'm not sure how you change it. What do you think, Trey? I think it is a problem, but it's a problem because all the good teams are in big markets right now. Uh, Buyout guys used to sign with the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron James was a Cleveland Cavalier. Buyout guys used to sign with the Oklahoma City Thunder when they were challenging for championships as well. The problem is that all the super teams are in the big markets right now, obviously. There's a couple in L.A., there's one in New York. And, you know, the Knicks would like to have a super team as well. So I don't know exactly how you combat it, except for, you know, like I look at a team like the Thunder. They're in the smallest market out there and their highest paid players just sitting on the bench for the rest of the season. You know, like if they wanted to spend money on a buyout guy, they could have done it. They just chose not to because it wouldn't really help their team. The problem is that the buyout game has become more and more popular, it feels like, you know, Mm -hmm. and the players who are taking buyouts are more and more notable. Like we've had so many all-stars take buyouts this year that we remember as all-stars because it happened in the past decade. So of course we're gonna refer to them as all-stars. Your yeah. LaMarcus Aldridge's, your Blake Griffins. They're not at an all-star level right now, but we have long enough memories that we can remember when they were. I don't know, maybe you gotta pay a bigger proportion of the salary that's on somebody's buyout deal for to sign them so you make it a little bit more painful for a big market team to go super deep into the luxury tax. But other than that, the key to getting buyout guys to sign in small markets is to have really good teams in small markets. Yeah, that does feel to be the case. I don't think this would have been a big deal at all if Blake and LaMarcus Aldridge didn't sign with the Nets. If Aldridge goes to the Heat and signs there, this is not a story, Mm. in my opinion, at all. It's just because, uh, yeah, the two guys that were former All-Stars, who are not that now, as we've talked about, um, picked the same team. Also, this is all our own fault, because all we've done over the last, whatever, 10, 15 years is talk rangs. You gotta have a rang. Can't go in the hall if you don't have a ring. You're a nobody if you don't have a ring. Well, then these guys hear that, and they're like, damn, I better get a ring. I uh, better team up with Kevin Durant and try and help my chances, or LeBron James help my chances. So uh, it's your fault, all of you out there, if you're upset with this. It's this rings or nothing culture. I'm sort of serious. I mean, this is what it, it, it's happening to some extent. And, uh, yeah, the small market teams, you had the opportunity, too, to acquire these players through trades, if you really wanted to, before a buyout, if you if you really really wanted that Lamarcus Aldridge, you could have tried and traded for him. But yeah, I think this is a whole lot of nothing here. 
But I guess people in the comments were saying uh, they were up on it, so there maybe is some case. Let's hear from you guys in the YouTube comments below after the show. Okay, next one. The NBA announced Monday that the draft will be held on July 29th, the draft lottery on June 22nd, and the draft combine on June 21st to the 27th. So with the draft scheduled for late July, it would seem that free agency could begin as soon as that weekend there. So like late July, maybe even you know early August. Um, the question is, are you up or down on the NBA draft being held on July 29th? <laughs> The, the secret is I just wanted to slip this into the show somewhere. It's like, I really want someone to be upset it's happening on July 29th. Are you, is anybody thumbs down? Like, uh, really Big time down. down. Big right, time down. Go. Tell me why. Summer's over already. That's exactly go. why. There Season ends July 22nd. Draft July 29th. Public school in Atlanta starts August 5th. Jesus. See you, Summer. See I'm ya. big time down on this. Oh. Give us a break. Yeah, I was hoping JD was going to chime in, too. I thought he'd be pissed about this. Uh, Lee, what's up? Oh, I'm pissed. Oh, I'm God. very yeah, pissed. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm just going to... I won't be here. That's it. I, like, I'm just drawing the line there. You guys When JD on goes own. on vacation, we all go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can do the, We can actually like manage now to do the live stream. Exactly. Uh, the podcast yeah. part becomes a little more difficult. But we got time for you to teach us even how to do that, JD. Maybe we sure. Can, we can yeah. slap it together but, maybe while you're on vacation. Yeah. Uh, look, the league didn't really have much of a choice in this, though, Lee, because of the, the push, everything being pushed back, of course, because of the pandemic. The playoffs are starting much later, and so this is why we get into late July early August for the draft and then free agency. And we'll have to be talking about it. Yeah. And they're trying to get the season back onto a normal yeah. schedule as quick as possible. So that's the other thing. It's like yeah. jam everything in the off season in as quick as you can. So then we can get back on track. That's the, uh, that's the idea behind it. Yeah. I will say commissioner silver has indicated that the league would still like to hold some version of summer league, uh, which <laughs> seems insane, but maybe not by then. Who knows? To allow these players. Summer league without summer. How's that possible? Uh, yeah, fall league. <laughs> it's always enough. summer in Vegas. Early, early fall league. Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> fall ball. I, I like that, actually. Yeah. So maybe so is, it could be a possibility. Go ahead. I will say this is going to be the least watched draft ever. Book it. It's in the middle of the Olympics. The first week of the oh, Olympics, wow. we're going to be having the NBA draft. All right, Cade Cunningham, congratulations on your gold medal. You're getting drafted first. I'll be watching somebody swim. Hmm. Is that 100% a go, the Olympics? Is that, that they're locked I think, in on yeah, that? Yeah, just no fans, I believe. Wow. Oh, yeah. my goodness. All right, so let's hear from you guys. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the draft being held on July 29th. Uh, final one, this one. Sillier than the last one. New posters released for Space Jam 2, or Space Jam, a new legacy, I should call it. Uh, these came out Monday. Film is scheduled to be released on July 16th in theaters and on HBO Max just before the draft. Toon Squad looking <laughs> strong with posters featuring LeBron and Bugs and Lola and Tweety and who else we got? Daffy Duck and the Roadrunner and Speedy and, and Tass Mellis uh, slash the Tasmanian Devil. Um, are you guys up or down on the new Space Jam posters, Trey? Oh, I'm super up on these. This is going to sound ridiculous. I love the Toon Squad uniforms. Oh, the teal, the gradient circle hole. All good. I'm loving the color scheme of this movie. Just a couple of things I don't love. Number one, you don't see LeBron's face in these posters. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see LeBron's face. I mean, his mm. shoulder's looking nice. Obviously, he's going to be wearing a shooting sleeve in this. Uh, I think that's important to convey. <laughs> Second thing I don't like, no Marvin the Martian. Where's my guy at? Oh, no yeah. Marvin the Martian. Uh, I guess he's just not a... Is he not a big enough name in the Looney Tunes universe? I don't I know. He's he definitely was... a role player, I yeah. would say. Yeah. 
Lee, um, what do you think? Uh, you said Roadrunner was in that, yeah. didn't you? And, and Speedy Gonzalez? Yep. There's a lot of speed, man. Speed yeah, kills. Who's quicker? Who's quicker, you think, out of those two? Because uh, Gonzalez, Gonzalez was quickest of all Mexico, I believe. Um, but Roadrunner, I mean, pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see them have a race. I think, well, this is one of these things where I think Speedy is quicker, but Roadrunner is faster. End-to-end mm. uh, <laughs> end speed yes. versus agility. Yes. I mean, Speedy Speedy could play a game of tennis by himself, remember? He would he would be, it was that quick that he could hit it and then yeah. run around the other side right. and hit it. Flash-like, yeah. But Roadrunner was so quick he could, uh, <laughs> you know, the road would lift up behind him when yeah. he was at his... At his Full, full speed. So, <laughs> right, um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's a fascinating. I wonder. I mean, over, you know, over, you know, well, how how far would you even do this race? Would you make it a sprint <laughs> like a 200, or would you make it more like a 1500? You know. Oh, jeez. I mean, yeah. I think the longer the race is, the the more I like the chances of the Roadrunner. Yeah. Again, I but like maybe a yeah. hundred, maybe a two hundred. Yeah. I, I hear you. I could see speedy get. I mean, we, quick yeah, out Gonzales, of the box. Yeah. Yeah, quickest of all in Mexico. We just don't know the field, though, do we? No, I mean, we don't. He might not, we might be running against nobody. Yeah, you know? we so, don't know. We don't yeah. know. And uh, and then yeah, there is Taz. There is. I, I saw in a press release he was just going by Taz. Is he not known as the Tasmanian Devil anymore? Well, like, as far what? as I know, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. That's what I thought too. Same. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, let's hear from you guys if you're up or down on these new Space Jam posters. That's, that's a, a July 16th. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's during the NBA Finals. Wow. Is that during, I mean, right before the Olympics, too. <laughs> I hope it's on an off day. Like, we got game two, LeBron playing. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be wild, though. LeBron will be defending his NBA championship and Earth during the same wow. month. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Busy month for this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we do still have Tweet of the Night, and uh, we got Rapid Fire. But first, quick word to hear from our sponsors. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation? Perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. That's right, it's Tweet of the Night, and I have uh, the honors, and, um, you know, I hate doing Tweet of the Night because I have to go on Twitter, and I'm not a huge Twitter guy, and, you know, it's kind of a cesspool, but uh, I open my feed, and lo and behold, uh, Lily Goo's grandmother is back in my feed, Mm so uh, you remember her from uh, earlier this month, Um, uh, her 94-year-old grandmother was spent the pandemic basically keeping track of her favorite NBA players on this notepad, and and Danny Green was number one, apparently. Uh, And then uh, yesterday... um, uh, Lily Goo's grandmother received uh, a jersey, a signed jersey from uh, from Danny Green. It was really nice. nice. And, but, you know, this is really, really low-hanging fruit, right? Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. So I dug a little deeper, and, of course, there was Russell Westbrook, um, doing his post-game interview with no shirt on. Yep. I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be ripe. Well, there's going to be so many memes about this. And I only found one that I really liked. It was from Haley O'Shaughnessy. Uh, a white crop top with a deep V and long sleeves. Pretty little thing and nasty gal. Have 24 hours to respond. <laughs> I LOL'd at this, but, um, you know, but I only found one. And I usually like to have at least three, if not five of those. So right. that's out. Then <laughs> I realized that Kyle Chandler was trending for some reason. Then it's like a panic. Did he die? Is he canceled? What's going on? And I think he was trending simply because this guy, Joey Mulinaro, <laughs> tweeted another famous guy we all know but absolutely refuse to know his name. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I mean, this guy, Kyle Chandler, he's in, uh, you know, Bloodline, First Man, The Wolf of Wall Street, Zero Dark Thirty, but of course, probably best known for uh, Coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. The disrespect, I, I can't even. Who the so, hell are you, Joey? That's what I'd like. Exactly. To know. Yeah. So, uh, Lee, do you have a favorite Kyle Chandler oh, performance? Oh, you ask me, JD. Hold on, hold on. If we had shown you his photo, would you have known his name, Lee? No way. No, no way. Right. No. Wow, no way. Right. No. I'm sitting through it, listening to JD roast that guy, and I'm like, oh, don't ask me anything about him, JD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you know what did you say before Zero Dark Thirty? There was a movie. Uh... Uh, he was in. Well, he's in the new um, the King Kong versus Godzilla. Ugh. So that's coming. <sighs> Which out. one is he? I thought he was great on Early Edition. That's the show that, despite the fact that he's become a, a famous guy whose name everyone knows, except for Lee, uh, and this tweeter, uh, he would, that's what a, that was his first uh, breakout role, as far as I'm concerned, getting that newspaper with the day's events before they happen. Mm. He has to go out and change them. 
Right, uh, so right. I wonder if he knew ahead of time that he was going to be a big star. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe. All right. Well, for a guy that doesn't like Twitter, you got a lot of tweets there, J.D. <laughs> and well, yeah. I, again, I go on once a week and I just, uh, it's like, oh, there's this one. Oh, there's that one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Stupid tweet of the night. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not going anywhere, so get used to it. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Um... Let's wrap this up here. Pick them results. Bucks, Clippers. Clippers favored by one and a half. I needed it. And hell yeah, the nerd dog and Reggie Jackson and my <laughs> man Terrence coming through in flying colors. Clippers get the dominant victory. They hit 19 threes, as we said. Uh, so huge, huge. I'm still alive here for the month of March. There are only two nights left when it comes to picking games. Trey had a loss last night. He's actually yeah. not yeah. you're not out of it. Like, no, I told clear. you. I told you, Skeets. I'm yeah. not in the clear. Me and the Bulls, we're faltering here. Oh, we are struggling. Yeah. I'm actually going to call in the big gun to make my pick tonight. I'm going to need some advice from JD here. Oh, okay. Pick, cause yeah, cause, I'm cause, brutal. Because Trey's loss gets him to 10-8. and eight. Lee picked up the win with me because he had the Clippers. Lee, you're 10-8. and eight. Tass is 9-9 and nine, and I'm 8-10. and 10. So it is bunched up here like a wedgie. Um, let's find out tonight's game. Uh, it's the Hornets and the Wizards. There's only, I think, four games on. Uh, without checking, there's not a lot of games on tonight because yeah. had so many on last night. So we got a Hornets-Wizards game here to possibly decide the pick for the month of March. It doesn't get crazier than this. Hornets favored by three and a half on the road, taking on Westbrook and that crazy stat line and a back-to-back situation for Washington. We're going to start by finding out who Tass took. Let's find out. Not going to lie. I feel like Liella's picking this game. Oh, it's a tough one, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the Hornets. Got no idea. All right, Skeetsy, come get me. Come get me, man. Come get me. <laughs> wow, there's a lot going on in that clip. There's so much going on. He's got a nice fresh haircut. He's got the rounders jacket on. He's got a fuzzy little mic or gerbil in front of him. And then he gave us a fire marshal bill at the end. Um... Okay, so Tass takes the Hornets. Uh, let's next go to uh, Trey. Do you want to get JD's help with this one? What are you thinking, JD? I'd like a quick consult here. As Lee says, <laughs> yeah, I'm Top getting one. the same. Uh oh, uh oh, same. But Charlotte is jumping out at me for some reason. All right, I like the buzz. Give me the Hornets. All right, that's two people taking Charlotte minus three and a half. Lee, where are you going? Oh, is it a tough one? It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, <laughs> tough one. Pick of the night. I will choose the... Oh, man, oh I don't know god. what to do. Oh, my God. Uh, he doesn't know what to do. Hornets, Hornets. I think the, uh, the Hornets of Charlotte are going to win this game by three points. No, I don't. No, I don't. I think the Hornets are going to win by four points. Oh I'll take the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> wow, that was an exhilarating 30 seconds of podcasting there. Um, all right. So the real question is now, do I swerve tonight and hope I tie it up, or do I wait one more night for maybe a better game? we got Wednesday night, a lot more games on. No, I said it. They're my Cinderella team. Westbrook on a tear. This guy never tires. Yeah, you're right. Point at that applesauce. Who's to say he can't do this again? Who? You don't think Westbrook can go out and put up another 30-20 again? This NBA teams are undefeated the game after a uh, player has 20 assists oh, this wow. season. Oh, wow. Thank you, yeah. Schumann. Uh, yeah. What would you say there, Lily? 
Is he going to play though in the second night? Yeah, I yeah. That I is... mean, if Beal's not, I guess he does. But I, who knows? Who knows? Oh, hey. Okay, give me the Wizards. Wow, just got to keep it close. Oh boy, very, very close. I, I not a lot of confidence in this, but uh, let's do it tonight. Let's swerve tonight. Let's put on the glass slipper and all be Cinderella here. In, in my, this would be perfect, right? The Wizards coming back to the playing tournament. Me coming back. Uh, after being down huge in the book off or the pick excuse me, brought to you by BetMGM. So, yeah, give me the Wizards. Oh, my God. Email us your NBA questions for the next Beach Deppin podcast. No dunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, and subscribe, guys. If you're in the stream team right now, hit the like button. It's right there. Go boom, like, done. Subscribe right there. Boom, done. And thank you if you have already. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com and subscribe to The Athletic for only a dollar a month. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks or theathletic.com slash nodunkscanada if you are up in the great white north. Fun show just coming in under an hour today. Thank you so much for joining us back tomorrow with what you need to know with The Daily Show and then, of course, with that Beach Step In podcast. Oh, and tonight, Top Shot Hot Boys. Make sure you subscribe so you know when we're going live on YouTube. Clipper Bros! You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, pretty little thing and nasty gal have 24 hours to respond. We're waiting. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.